everyone, and welcome to 1923 Main Street. Home of the Daddy Daughter Disney Travel Podcast. We are your hosts, Mike Bellobratic and Amelia Bellobratic. And today we are going to be talking about the four neighborhoods of Walt Disney World. In fact, we're going to talk about one of the four neighborhoods of Walt Disney World, but I will mention all four of them so you know where we're coming from. The, there are four deluxe resort hotel neighborhoods, as I call them. Disney does not call them that necessarily. And one is the original Magic Kingdom Resort area. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Which is most people's favorite, probably. Well, it's certainly my favorite, and we'll get into why soon. The second is the Epcot Boardwalk Hollywood Studios Resort area. The third would be the Disney Springs Resort area. And finally, there is the Animal Kingdom Resort area, which really includes one resort and is not that much of an area, but it is the fourth area where a deluxe hotel is located. So today we're going to focus on the Magic Kingdom Resort area. And whether you've never been to Walt Disney World before or you are a familiar fan of the Magic Kingdom Resort area, we hope you enjoy this discussion and find it useful. So what we will cover are the hotels in this area, the transportation in this area, things to do in this area, and some of the history of this area. And dining in this area. And dining in this area. Some of the best of all of those things are in this area. Why? Because it is the original Walt Disney World Resort area. And Amelia, I know you weren't around back in the beginning, but when I was your age, it was, in fact, Walt Disney World. That was it. Walt Disney World was the Magic Kingdom, the Contemporary Resort, Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, and Disney's Fort Wilderness Campground. That was it. In Whoa, fact, they've that, certainly expanded. And it was like that for 10 years. Whoa. Not until Epcot opened in 1982. So we had 10 years of the Magic Kingdom Resort area. And that's really why, for me, who started as a 10 year old in 1971 when it opened, that was, my, that was Walt Disney World for 10 years for me. So I still love this area. And I recommend first-timers stay in this area, in fact. The yes, I recommend as well. And there's a reason it's all deluxe resort hotels. This is the most upscale area of Walt Disney World in the Magic Kingdom area. Amelia, do you've stayed in all the areas. How does the Magic Kingdom resort area rank for you? Well, for me, it is number one. And I just feel this area is, for me, the heart and soul of Walt Disney World because it has, well, the original park and the original two hotels and so much more. And it there's just so much authentic and classic Disney that it has, well, it has the most history. And I just like it because of that. And I like the fact that when you visit that area, especially if you stay in one of the resorts and you're taking the watercraft transportation to and from the hotels, those are still the original boats. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. They've kept them in such good shape. So the Magic Kingdom Resort area has, as we discussed, the Polynesian and Contemporary Resort Hotels, which, which uh, were the original two that opened the resort along with the campground, Fort Wilderness. Next came... Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, which is our favorite. I think it's his for both of us. Oh, well, yeah. Our favorite of all Walt Disney World hotels. Then came Wilderness Lodge, and currently under construction is Reflections. So I will say one thing that I am a little bit concerned about, that this area is... Getting overcrowded. It's getting overcrowded, and uh, especially when Reflections comes online, we're going to have to see how this affects 
everything from park attendance in the Magic Kingdom to transportation loads. I mean, they're going to need more boats for sure. And to it's, the feel of the campgrounds at Fort Wilderness. Yeah, that's really going to have, in my view, a negative impact on Fort Wilderness, uh, certainly around the Pioneer Hall and uh, main boat launch area because that's where reflections will be located. So people will be walking over easily and there's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot more crowded than it is now. Even things like the hidden gem of Chippendale's Campfire Show, which has been running at Fort Wilderness since I was a kid and is really something not a lot of people know about. Well, it's fantastic. So if you're ever there, go do it. Yeah, we'll cover that in a hidden gem episode too in more detail. But the Magic Kingdom Resort area really has it all. And if it's your first time, I definitely recommend staying there. Why? Because as Amelia said, first of all, Magic Kingdom Park is the original Walt Disney World Park. So you want to, most people when they visit for the very first time, especially if you have kids in tow, or even if you're just a Disney fan, that's where it all began. And Cinderella Castle is pretty magical. Yeah, it's... Even even though uh, Disneyland is the first Disney destination and one of the only ones, well, the only one that opened when Walt Disney was still alive, I feel like when you picture Disney, you picture Cinderella Castle. Like when someone says Disney World, Disneyland, you picture Cinderella Castle. I agree. And that's it. So if you're going to be visiting for the first time or just really want to stay in what I think is the most upscale of the neighborhoods personally. Yes, I, I'd agree with that. You know, there's some magic about not only are the hotels great and we have our favorites and we've done hotels in other episodes, but the monorail loop around the hotels has a real sense of nostalgia. And even if it's your first time, people love it. Yeah. It's, it is in case you have not stayed there, it goes uh, makes stops at the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, and the Contemporary Resort Hotels, along with the Magic Kingdom. And, and the, the Transportation and Ticket Center. And the TTC, the Transportation Ticket Center. It's one of the reasons I don't love Disney's Wilderness Lodge in terms of staying there, because it is in the Magic Kingdom Resort area, but it's off the beaten track in terms of transportation. So you tend to have to rely on Disney boats, which are okay, but are not as efficient sometimes, especially if you're, as we have been when we've stayed there, if you're at the Magic Kingdom and a lightning storm strikes, well, the boats stop running and And you've got... you are stranded. You're stranded waiting for buses with many, many hundreds or thousands of people. So uh, I like the ability to get to my resort in other ways, either walking for Contemporary and Bay Lake and hopefully... And soon to be Grand Floridian. Soon to the Grand Floridian or taking a monorail. Yes. So the hotels there are, they have not only a sense of history, but they're all deluxe resort hotels. And even Fort Wilderness, you know, that's one of the places I stayed a lot in the early years. And it's a great, I love going back there. And Amelia, while she has never stayed there, loves visiting there because it's a paradise for kids and adults alike. Well, yeah. And there's so many hidden gems there that nobody knows about. Well, let's talk about some of those because these are the benefits of staying in this Magic Kingdom Resort area that people may not think about. So what do you love about Fort Wilderness? Did you know that there is a horse trail ride at Fort Wilderness? Yes, indeed I did because we've done it. (laughs) Yes, well, I didn't know that until very recently. I also didn't know about the Hoop Did You Review until I was seven, I think. Mm-hmm. We've done that with you a few times. And that's yeah. another one that's been running it's since the 70s. It's a fantastic show. Great show. Super show. Highly recommended. We covered that in our 
top five interactive dining episodes. So listen to that one if you want to hear more about it. But like I said, that's been running since the 1970s. So I've seen that for almost 50 years now go through changes and it's still as really cool as it was even in the early days. There are parks there. They're like parks for kids to play in. And it's just archery. Oh, archery. And there's just so much nature around that when you go to Fort Wilderness, you still get the Disney magic because there are still cast members there. And they're, of course, very nice. But you feel a different sort of magic away from the park. It's a place to get away from it all and still be in the magic. And when we did that horseback ride, it's fun because I got a horse named Dash. Amelia's rolling her eyes, but <laughs> I thought it was cool because Dash uh, was a huge white horse. He thinks he owns the stable if he's still there when you go. But Dash also gets to play Maximus sometimes in the Magic Kingdom parades from Tangled. So I got to ride Rapunzel's horse, and he was a big, uh, big beast, and he wanted to run the show for sure. But the trail ride is a lot of fun. There's archery. There's, uh, you know, when I, when we were kids there, they had a train running around Fort Wilderness, and that was fun. You know, but uh, they took it out eventually because... Bike rides. Bike rides. People were jumping on it. We used to jump off and on the train (laughs) while it was moving. You know, things that just you would never be allowed now back in the 70s. You know, it was was even more carefree than it was now. We even had a milk truck. Used to drive around to the campsites and give your milk and, and goodies every day. Bread and milk. It would drive around, deliver stuff to you. So a lot of history there. So what I'm hearing is you're old. What, I, what you're hearing is I'm a, a Disney historian who's been there for almost 50 years and seen it change all along the way. That's what you're hearing. Right. Right. That. All right. So we've got that, and then we've got Wilderness Lodge, and then where River Country was when we used to swim in those lakes, and we did for many, many years, uh, is now being built reflections. So that will that's going to be interesting to see how that affects the area. But back over, and that's all on Bay Lake. Now when we go back to Seven Seas Lagoon is where we have the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian, which is our now favorite spot to stay. Yes. So there are so many reasons why you would want to stay in one of the three. There's a lot of history there, and yet they seem... Like they were built yesterday. Everything is so neat and everything is so pretty, but there's so much history and there's so much magic there. And everybody, even the cast members there are so nice. It's just unbelievable. You know, and for many years, I did not like back in the 70s. I, I mean, I liked them all, but the contemporary was my least favorite and now really? I and now I think I like the contemporary more than the Polynesian. I'm I'm finding the Polynesian. Well, I love the atmosphere. I love going to all of them. I don't dislike any yes. of them. But I'm finding the Polynesian needs of it. It it is showing its age in some of the longhouses. So they need to um, get some work done on that Polynesian and get it back into shape. Not including the bungalows, of course, which yes. are our favorite place to stay mm-hmm. as a single room no question if you listen to us regularly you'll hear us say that but there is so much to do so we covered fort wilderness alone among the other hotels in terms of just dining some of the best dining at walt disney world is located right in this area some of the best dining in orlando or even florida is located yeah, in this well, area if you're talking about victorian alberts for sure that is top notch, and it even makes some of the top U.S. top ten lists for restaurants. So it's a great place. Yes. We don't do that often. <laughs> you need five hours and about 
you know, for us, three of us, was over $2,000. So yeah. it's not an inexpensive place. But it, it is quite an experience, fun to do once in a while. And we did that on the 100. Yeah. And it is very nice because you still have the cast members that are, of course, full of magic. But it is um, cut off. Not cut off, but there is no windows and no, the, cut off. That's a good way there, to say it's it. Cut it's cut off from, from the, the outside world. Outside world, and there is an age limit, so there will not be any screaming babies or toddlers or meltdowns. Yeah. I mean, unless your ten-year-old has meltdowns, but and I don't know, they probably would find an elegant way to escort that meltdown person out. But I, yeah, yeah. it's been it's pretty respectful with a nice heart playing, but it's not stuffy. It's, it, it's no, it's, it is not. You, know, you get a couple of servers at least helping you, and they're a lot of fun, and they tell you a lot of fun history about things. And also, I mean, the Grand Floridian, the Grand One Yacht, which we love to do. Of course, all the hotels have boat rentals, the Sea Racers, which we love to do, and other boats, other watercraft. There's basketball courts there. Uh, you can grill. They all have outdoor movies. They have the same things that all the other hotels have, but they do have more... Yes. Uh, amenities like the basketball courts or the Grand One yachts that you can take it take part of right conveniently there, and also the pirate adventure runs uh, is docked at the Grand Floridian and runs from there too. So it is a great spot for kids and adults alike. Yes, and there are adult pools at some of these resorts. So well, they're not adult only pools. Not adult only pools. Quiet, quiet pools. Quiet pools. Yeah, they don't have the music blasting, or they don't have the pool games. That's what they yeah, mean. Yeah. So that, most kids would not want to go to a quiet pool. Therefore, you will not have a lot of little kids screaming in your face if you're those kind of people who which, just want to. Which differs from Alani, which does have an adult yes. only pool. A couple of them actually. So, if you do want. To have a quieter experience, they do have those. And then there are also kid pools with, of course, the classic pool parties for your kids as well. So it really, it's got it all. And in a true neighborhood feel, you can take a nice leisurely stroll along a path from the Grand Floridian and walk right to the Polynesian Village Resort. And we, I love doing that walk, regardless of whether we're staying yes. at the Polynesian or the Grand Floridian. Where the Grand Floridian now exists, in the 70s, we used to tan. It used to be just a white sand beach in that spot when there was nothing there. I have some pictures on my blog and my 100th anniversary post of us on that beach, which is now the Grand Floridian. But they still have the white beach between along that path. you're not allowed to go on it. No, you can go on the beach. The beach. You just can't get to the water now. Yeah. Uh, And then they have a few of the swinging chairs as you approach the Polynesian. But the Polynesian grounds also are... Quite nice. Uh, I know beautiful. Polynesian has a lot of fans. We, we we like staying in the bungalows for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, if I'm staying in a in a villa or hotel room now, I'll probably be either at the Grand... Well, not probably. I'll definitely either be at the Grand Floridian or the Contemporary slash Bay Lake. Yes. One of those. So we've sort of covered all of the main ideas of all of these hotels. Now let's dive into the more specifics. So we've dove into dining. Now let's look more at the transportation around these certain areas. Well, they all have, they all share the similar transportation, but there's some things to think about. For example, from the Grand Floridian, we're assuming this bridge is going to be built. It's not official, but there is construction happening. As it currently stands, from the Grand Floridian, your one monorail stop there and uh, one boat ride back. Yes. If you want to take the boat from the Grand Floridian, it first goes to the Polynesian and then to the Magic Kingdom. 
Yes, and if you do want to take the monorail back to the Grand Floridian, you it's not uh, that long of a ride. You just have to stop at the Contemp, the Polynesian, and the Transportation Ticket Center. So it's not that long of a ride, three stops, then you're there. Well, you know, people, especially when they're staying there for the first time, think of the monorail as a ride. It is not uncommon for people to say, hey, let's, you want to ride the monorail? And we even like to do that. Let's yeah. hop on the monorail and go to a different hotel. So, Yeah, it, when I was little and my cousins went out for late extra magic hours, we just rode the monorail around like a few times. And that was our, that was our late, late ride. I mean, it was at seven, but for a kid. Yeah, it's, it's easy to hop on the monorail for the grand ride. and go to the, and go jump off at the contemporary or Polynesian and just dip in or get a coffee or go shopping. We like to, you know, try yeah. just do the different shops or something. It's a good rainy day thing to do. You can stay dry doing that. Uh, so it is. That's why I love it. it. That's why it's a neighborhood feel there. Oh, know? yes. But I do want to mention, in order to get on the monorail from any of these stops, you do have to go through bag check, even if you yeah. are not heading to the Magic Kingdom, because that just breaks up traffic at the main gate for the Magic Kingdom. And there's so. one thing I don't, you know, when they first launched this bag check, I thought it was going to be a disaster. Then I learned, I sort of like, I like it. I really like it walking from Bay Lake where you sort of stop along the pathway and they check your bags or the contemporary. What I don't like about the bag check is what we just said. If you're going from the Grand Floridian to the contemporary, for example, you're not going into the parks. Uh, yes. You have to stop. And for example, my sister was once pool hopping because we were at the Grand and she was going to come visit us. And she had, I think, a couple of beers in her in her beach bag and they would not let her on with it. And she said, but I'm not going into the park. I'm just going to another hotel. So it's inconvenient if you want to carry something from one hotel to another. So for example, yes. you couldn't buy beer or wine at the Grand Floridian store and bring it back to your hotel at the Contemporary. They wouldn't let you do it. Not on the monorail. Unless, yeah, unless you were doing a boat or unless you are taking an uber or if you're walking so that is a little bit of a glitch in that security system but it, it has uh, resulted in less crowding at the gates just to go back to your transportation before we forget from the polynesian you've got one boat to the magic kingdom or two monorail stops and you also have the added bonus of being able to do what do you know what i'm getting at not really. Okay, you can walk to the TTC monorail from there. So, if, Oh, yes. Yeah, if you want to go to Epcot from the Polynesian, you don't have to hop on the monorail and transfer. It's it's a pretty short walk to walk over to and just to get directly on to the Epcot monorail. So I like that about the Polynesian. Yes, but for Epcot, you do need to do bag check twice. Yes, that is also a bit of a pain. And they say they're going to change that yes, with the so. construction that's currently underway as we record this. Yeah. So hopefully that will go away. Yeah, but as it stands, as we're recording, Currently, yeah, you got to do bag check at the when you get on the monorail, and you got to do another one when you enter Epcot, which is not the yeah. case of the other at uh, Magic Kingdom from the monorail. So that's good. And then from the contemporary, again, walking is an option. Monorail, yes, it is a very good option. And Wilderness Lodge, you're on pretty much. You're going to take the boat. Yeah, but sometimes the boat is just a nice scenic route. Like just take the boat. And with that, we did not mention we are launching a couple of new segments on the show this week. Ooh. So when you hear that sound... What does that mean, Daddy? That means we are going to discuss an etiquette issue. So we're going to talk about faux pas 
and Disney visits, things you shouldn't do. So when you hear the Twilight Zone type sound, let's share uh, etiquette faux pas. And the one I want to share today has to do with uh, parades. So here's, oh, here, yes. yeah, here's something we run into. And this was when Amelia was little and we see it happen all the time. So please, when you're lining up for parades or shows, don't block the little kids behind you. We yeah. had lined up for a parade and we were with Amelia when she was, I think, two and a half. And there were a couple of adults and, you know, who got there in front of us. And they, as soon as the parade started, we stood up and then they block Amelia's view. And we're going, can you just like six inches to let a two-year-old see the parade but they were quite obnoxious and very unmagical a very not a magical moment at all so please beware of kids around you you know adults can see over the kids all we asked if Amelia could you know and I've done this let a child stand in front of you they're below your eye level they're not going to block your view but let the magic happen for the little kids so don't be that guy or girl Uh, and uh, that's our etiquette faux pas for today Think of things that aren't like that. And this will lead into our next segment. These will not always come in pairs, but that, when you hear that sound, we're going to share a magical moment. That was my name. Thank you. Yes. Brilliant. Bravo, Amelia. Bravo, bravo. And magical moments are when cast members are empowered to do things for guests on their own. And we're also going to talk about magical moments that we see. But in this particular case, the story I just talked about of Amelia being blocked out by less than magical Disney guests, it turned into a magical moment. And we were staying at the Grand Floridian Club level at the Royal Palm Club at that time. And we got back to the hotel and we were telling the concierge in the club level about that story. And lo and behold, she uh, went ahead and gave us a very magical moment. And what she did was gave us VIP seating for the parade, for another parade. So, and the VIP seating, uh, the one we were at is on the bridge from Adventureland to the hub. There's oh, a little, yes. yeah, there's a little area where- That is very good seating. Yeah, because the parade crosses the bridge. So there is nobody else around except you in these seats. And it's typically used for VIP tour guests or celebrities or magical moments of this nature. So yeah, that cast member turned into what was a really- sort of sour experience for us into a magical moment. So, yeah, you know, when things happen, I guess the moral of the story is don't be shy to to share your disappointment with a cast member because they are empowered to do things. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't complain or be sort of rude Overly about it. obnoxious. Yeah, uh, just because, you know, you know how we all react when someone does that. But when you're nice to cast members, you know, in this case, it turned into uh, a bad thing turned into a good thing. So... Yeah. Watch for those sounds in future episodes, not always in pairs, yes. because not every etiquette faux pas turns into a magical moment, too. Wouldn't that be nice if they did? I know. So let's go back to our regularly scheduled program and talk about all of the fantastic dining that will be right steps away from you when you stay in the Magic Kingdom Resort area. We don't have to list every single hotel, but let's start with a few standouts. We've already talked about Victoria and Albert's. What's your other favorites at the Grand Floridian? uh, At the Grand Floridian, another favorite I have mentioned is I do love, this is not per se a dining experience, but Perfectly Princess Tea, which takes place at the Grand Floridian, is fantastic. So that is great. That's not necessarily dining, but it is an afternoon snack and they're like jam sandwiches. Let's talk about dining. So I would say at the Grand Floridian, uh, the Grand Floridian Cafe, if you haven't eaten there, uh, you should do it. It's underrated and over delivers. 
In fact, if you're, I would suggest to you, if you're thinking about Narcusi's versus the cafe, I would I'd go, go to the Grand yep. Cafe. Narcusi's used to be my favorite restaurant at Walt Disney World, not including Victorian Alberts. And in the last now five or six years now, it's gone downhill as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, it's not bad, but there are just better options, even at the Grand Floridian itself. Yeah, I think so too. And there's some changes coming. Citrico's may be coming, some sort of offshoot of Victorian Alberts. There's a whole bunch of strange... Ooh. Yeah, there's lots of rumors flying and things happening as they're working to upscale the hotel even further. So that's good. We'll see what happens there. But definitely uh, lots of great dining at the Grand. Over yeah. at the Polynesian... They we- have Ohana... Have Ohana, which again, uh, I would not recommend for dinner anymore. Yeah. It's uh, it's a fun experience, but the food quality, in my opinion, has also degraded over roughly the same time period. However, the Ohana Lilo and Stitch breakfast yes, with Mickey. Yes, the breakfast, which we just did on our most recent trip. Yeah, we've done that a few times. It's still fantastic. Yeah, it's so. still fantastic. I recommend that too. Yeah. And Kona Cafe, that's another oh, yes. one. Yeah, it's underrated there as well. So For breakfast, and they do just have like a fast food counter where you just pick what you want and that stuff is not cold or like less than what you would get if you sat down so that is another great option for if you're in a rush yeah and then over at there's other ones but jumping to the contemporary california grill grill. oh no question another top-notch one you should definitely try yeah if you have not tried it definitely try it i'm not a fan of the wave at all uh, I don't like it. If you're going to go, go for breakfast. Uh, beyond that, I think that one needs a major overhaul. But Contempo Cafe is okay. Yeah. As a quick service there. As yeah. is Captain Cook's at the Polynesian. It's come And they have way. Chef Mickey's at the Contemporary. Yeah. Oh, yes. How could I forget Chef Mickey's? Definitely a must-do Disney, as far as I'm concerned, for character dining. Chef Mickey's. Classic. Yeah. So all of these hotels have great character breakfast experiences. Like Grand Floridian has one in the Grand Floridian Cafe, and then the Polynesian has Ohana. Grand Floridian's (laughs) is not at the Grand Floridian Cafe. I'm sorry, it's at 1900 Park Fair. Yes. But, oh, and another thing, at the Grand Floridian, this is a very fast service restaurant, but they have Gasparilla's. That is great as well. Yeah, that's another quick service. That's, again, it's got a great menu now too. Yeah, they all have their pros and cons. They all have at least one or two that are really top-notch. Even Wilderness Lodge, which has Artist Point, which is great. And of course, Whispering Canyon. Your all-time favorite, Whispering Canyon Cafe. And even over at Fort Wilderness, if you go to Trails End for dinner, you know what? It's a super laid-back, all-you-care-to-enjoy buffet, and it's fun. Again, I um, don't know what's going to happen to it when there's a thousand more guests uh, coming over from Reflections right next door. Yeah, so but... we're, we're going to have to see how that all plays out. But without uh, without a doubt for me, the Magic Kingdom Resort area, I mean, we've just rifled through it today. And we'll go through all these things in more detail in other shows as you know, interrelated topics. But definitely, if it's your first visit, Highly consider staying in the Magic Kingdom Resort area. It's where the magic began at Walt Disney World. It yeah. offers tons, as you can see. We've been talking for half an hour and still didn't cover everything you can do there. So definitely consider it. And if you've stayed there a lot, I hope you enjoyed this walk down memory lane and share with us your favorite parts about that area and what you like to do there or what you dislike about it too. Yeah. I always like to compare notes on that. 
So thank you for joining us today on this episode of 1923 Main Street. And we hope you enjoyed these new twists we've oh, added. Oh yes, watch for our new <laughs> our new segments in upcoming shows. And of course, you'll find us on 1923mainstreet.com and on social media at 1923mainstreet. So thanks everyone. Hope you have a magical day. Bye-bye.